Good morning, or good afternoon, or good close to noon. This is Jim the Keys Bartender coming to you from the Florida Keys. Well, yes, uh, we still have that Russian invasion of Ukraine going on. And I'm, no, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep on doing it. I apologize if you're not big fans of that, but I'm not going to let them just hang there. But we will talk about other things also. This weekend, uh, this Thursday, is officially St. Patrick's Day, and I wanted to talk about that a bit, of how we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. You know, I have my thoughts and feelings about it, as well as you probably do. But this weekend, we had a, we've had planned for this about a month and a half, a quinceanera. Uh, our chef at work, his daughter, Kinsonera is a 15th birthday for a uh, young lady. And it's uh, mainly in uh, South Central America. I don't know if they do it in Spain. I know they do it in Philippines, which was once a Spanish colony. So they picked up a lot of those Tradition. So I guess it's something they do in Spain too. I don't know if they do it at 15 or 16 then. But it is a big deal. Let me tell you, it is a big deal and it's very interesting. When uh, I knew they existed, I knew how big a deal they were. Uh, they, they shell out as much money as people put out for weddings. So it's like our sweet 16, our bar mitzvah, or bat mitzvah. It's a coming of age thing. In the Catholic Church, I think mainly the equivalent would be confirmation, but they don't celebrate it as much. And since most uh, people of Latin origin, a Latin heritage, are a lot of them are familiar with the Catholic. I mean, they are familiar there because they are Roman Catholic. So they have these big things. So there's a church ceremony. And a reception. So the gentleman I work with, his daughter, who actually worked uh, works with us too. His daughter works one or two nights, one night a week. Hasn't worked that often since we haven't been open on Monday. So we had to close on Saturday because having a quinceanera. And our chef is the main guy. We couldn't really open. That was a decision the owners made, which I thought was wise. It was beyond a dollar and cents decision. It was a big picture thing. They saw it. They saw it and said, our chef's going to be out. They, he wants to invite his co-workers because it's a big life event for his oldest daughter. So they made that decision because he is our main guy. And without him, we may not be open at all. So that wasn't, uh, they viewed it as a reasonable decision to do. And I, I applaud them for that. And I was, uh, normally Saturday's my uh, day of work. I make some money doing that and stuff. But you know what? Whenever you get a weekend night off, I suggest you take it. You're never going to get that back. On the day that you die, you won't going to, no one ever says, I wish I had worked more. Well, maybe somebody had said that. I wish I had worked more. If their working had kept them, you know, from, let's say, <laughs> say your house gets flattened by a 
surprise blizzard. And you working more may have provided more support for your roof. And you die because your roof collapsed on you. Yeah, you might say, I wish I'd worked more and paid for a new supports for my roof. But most of the time, you know, these events like Kinsanera are are priceless. So at least for me. At least for me. There's nothing like going to it. When I went to the Polish wedding and it lasted 16 hours, the reception lasted 16 hours. Or maybe 15, 16 hours. I left. We started at 3 in the morning and we left. Actually, 15 hours. We left at 6 a.m. the next morning. Without, I mean, that was the whole party time. Wow. Yeah. Well, Kinsanera is not much different than that. It's a lot of... Uh, not as serious drinking as you would expect in uh, a Polish wedding. But drinking is involved. And uh, I was looking forward to going this because I just haven't done it. I was looking forward to everything. And I'm going to talk about it briefly. But also this week is St. Patrick's Day week. And uh, that being on Thursday, a lot of people have their parades prior to it. They do it prior. Not No one ever has the... Um, even though it's on Thursday, they could have done the uh, parade on Saturday. They did it the week before. So, yeah, it's juxtaposed that Kinsanera and then you have St. Patrick's Day. So, I don't do the St. Patrick's Day thing anymore, which I will talk about after we finish talking about the Kinsanera. So, the Kinsanera... We're thinking about what do you dress? What do you do? How do you, what, is it appropriate a card or a gift? Now, I'm a big believer in doing a card and cash or a gift card because who knows what a young girl wants more than a young girl herself. I never, I mean, like for a wedding or things like that, I understand when people have a gift registry and all that stuff. But what a pain in the ass to have to pack everything that you get as a gift. If you have, it seemed to be about 180 people going to this quinceanera. If there were gifts, you got to go and open all the gifts and this and that, which you have to open up the envelopes, but you collect all the money and stuff like that. And you put it in, you put it in the bank and you buy what you want. Nothing says I love you better than money sometimes. I know, this sounds kind of shallow. So, the day of, I go out a little early, I go to uh, the store, and I'm looking for Kinsanera card. Now, as it turns out, there's a lot of Latins here in Florida, and I guess a lot of kids' birthdays, because there was no Kinsanera cards. I had to just go for a regular copy. Complianos, which is happy birthday in Spanish. Complianos is the uh, word, if I am not correct. I mean, I wouldn't be. Don't hold me to that. So I found and got a card and all this stuff, put some money in it, and we're we're going. We we pick up. Uh, Abby and I are going, and Abby's asking what what should she, how should she dress, and things like that. An interesting thing here in Florida. Here in Florida, but it, then again, you notice that in the rest of the, uh, on the East Coast, and I guess in the Midwest, there was this fast-moving weather system coming through, 
And it started out, Saturday was going to be the hottest day. And right around 3 o'clock, it was about 90 degrees, 90 degrees and humid in Homestead. Same thing down here in the Keys. And right, this Quinceanera, the uh, party for it was starting at 4 o'clock. And this cold front was moving in. And that means high winds, a little, uh, you know, little intermittent showers. And we're paying attention. As we're driving north, and it was in the, the reception was at, in Homestead, Florida, which is approximately 20 miles from the northernmost reaches of Key Largo. But for us, it was about 30 miles from where we are in Key Largo. So we're driving up there, and we see the, the line of clouds, and you can see the temperature drops below, drop right down to 80 degrees, a little below 75. And then when we left at 8 o'clock, we stayed at 8, 8.30. Uh, we started at 4, we left at 8.30. It was 70. And we arrived home, it was 65. So it was about a 25-degree temperature change. And I know on the East Coast, people had that. I know... Your 25 degrees went from 50 degrees down to 25 with a blizzard coming in. So that was well, it was nice. We get you get the we get the dress nice, and then when we're coming out, it's not sweltering. So we arrive up there. We don't know exactly, you know, a party's a party, but it, you know, it's so amazing that there are basic things you do w- as a guest to a party. One is. Try to dress appropriately for it. Don't, you know, dress too, you don't want to over dress the, you know, the host or underdress because underdressing is a sign of disrespect. Overdressing would be kind of a sign of a disrespect, but you just don't want to overshadow them. You know, arrive with a, arrive with a tuxedo. I did notice, though, because there were uh, a, Mexi- a lot of Mexicans, because Luis is Mexican, and the, around here, just like in Mexico, or the part of Mexico they come from, the guys wear uh, Western attire, you know, the big belt buckles, the uh, nice, nice pair of slacks, a nice shirt, and the cowboy hats. Cowboy hats. And you know what? I have an affinity for cowboy hats, but I never really liked the hat that sat top on my head because on top of my head, meaning all your hats, yes, I realize all the top hats sit on top of your head, but like a baseball cap doesn't really add any height to you. You just put it on and the top of the cap corresponds with the top of your head. Now with a cowboy hat, that's anywhere from like five to seven inches of more and that would be that's almost like seven feet for me if you get to the higher end of it and I hate the idea of having to knock things over or bump things with my head and I'm not super tall imagine someone in their you know mid I mean these tall guys with cowboy hats I really never understood that stuff and it gets kind of hot and I got hot and I do have kind of big ears I never really seemed to blend in with the cowboy hat. But I did do one of those vintage photos years ago, some 30-something years ago with some friends, black and white. And I'll tell you, 
when a guy's wearing a cowboy hat and it's in a black and white photo with other people dressed like cowboys or what would you call those girls? One of those saloon girls, girls dressed up like saloon girls, which I did, thought was always kind of insulted. The girls would dress like saloon girls are pretty much like prostitutes in the old West. Most of the time, the ones that sit, and they used to give you those off-the-shoulder things, unless they're dressed like cowgirls. I don't know where I'm get, going from this direction. I do apologize, because we are talking about Kensington. So we show up, and they're all up front. And we get there. I always, I always have this idea. This is when you're invited to a party. If it says it starts at 4 or 5 or whatever time, I'm thinking 10 to 15 minutes after the start time. 10 to 15 minutes after the time they say you start. Not on the dot, not too late. So, I mean, if I get there five after four, I'd still wait, you know, take your time and get in there quarter after. That's just the way, because the, the real late thing, I've seen people, I saw people arriving at 6.30, you know, quarter or seven, even though it did go to 12 o'clock, you missed, you missed all the ceremonial stuff. And they do. So we arrive and everyone's dressed. It's almost like the the important people to it, the parents and the aunts and uncles and the young ladies, Kinsonera, and she has her court. I guess they call it a court. They have women and, and young men. And they have all these ceremonial dances. And they have all these ceremonial toasts. And it dances with the father, the dancing with the mother, the dancing with the boyfriend, the dancing with the whole court. And then they have their own traditional songs and the Mexican music and it was so interesting with Abby because they had first they started out with a a mariachi band and mariachi gets a bad rap when you see it but it is so cool when you see a, a really good mariachi band I never knew that they would get they were co-ed now so there was one of the, the 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 lead singer was a woman, and there was a violin player who was a woman, and the three to four other guys in it, obviously were men. But they were just wonderful, and they go and do a serenade. They serenade the uh, for about twenty thirty minutes. Serenade the guest of honor, the quinceanarian, quinceanarian, quinceanariella, whatever. The Kinsianarios. I'm, I'm, I'm getting buried here. I got to move on. But yes, they did that. And then they sit down. They do a couple dances. They We eat. And then the DJ plays. And they play a bunch of traditional songs. And do those dances again. Those formal dances. Some really good Mexican dances. And things like that. Which I didn't get up to do. But uh, I was ready to, if the wife was ready to. I, I'm not, it's not about me and it's not about the girl. And I, I wanted, I was torn because I wanted to be, say, hey, listen, here's the, uh, here's one of your co-workers trying, you know, trying their best, trying their best to, to fit in. And then they had a band, a regular band, not the, uh, separate from the mariachi, with the accordion, the big tuba, boom, boom. Man, 
are they loud, but they were good. They were a good band. Excellent band. And, you know what's funny? They had an open bar. They had an open bar. When I say it's funny, anytime I used to remark in, um, from my neck of the woods, Pennsylvania, northeast, uh, uh, southeastern Pennsylvania, they'd have a uh, christening or a baptism or, or christening is a baptism or a communion party or things like that. They always had open bar. even For the Kinson era, there had to be like 40 kids there, 40 people under, easy, 40 kids under, under 18. You know, friends of the, the guest of honor. So, I guess that happens all over. It's not necessarily about, you know, it's their day. It's her day. But, you know, you're going to have to get some booze for the rest of the people. And they had a really nice bar set up there. Which I couldn't take, you know, take advantage of. I got a couple cans of uh, uh, club soda. And some other drinks for the table. But... That brought back memories. This is the first time, one of the few times that I went to a, a banquet event down here, a more formal banquet event with an open bar. And I know about banquet bartender, but I'm going to talk a little about that after. So they had the dancing and this and that, and we're sitting at the table, and I took a picture. I'll post a picture on my Facebook. Keys Bartender Facebook page. I hope it doesn't piss anybody off because I, I say we're at the gringo table. Exclusively gringo table. Because we're friends for Dora. Uh, and I mean, when I say gringo, I mean that with uh, good intentions. Gringos is kind of a disparaging remark, but listen. People in the United States have said many disparaging remarks about uh, uh, people of other cultures. So calling someone a gringo is not something too far out of line. So we're sitting there. You know, obviously, no one's getting up to dance and things like that. But they are drinking. It's the one thing the gringos do have in common. And you're admiring how they dance. They how they, how well they dance together. But it was a very very good time, and we ended up staying until a little after eight. Now, what I did notice, and it brought back memories up for me. I was in catering management for years. I mean, as a worker, as a manager, as a bartender, as a maitre d. They, I'm not, I don't critique, I just observe. And a lot of times with banquet bartending, people usually just work one maybe two shifts a weekend, so they don't get that critical mass of experience, especially if they're not working at the same place. And banquet bartending, you don't, you don't really get the most, let's say, experienced people sometimes, bartending. They try their best. There's just a smoothness that goes when you have a bar and someone comes up and you say, what are you having a drink? What are you having a drink? Stuff like that. And if some comp- people, normally a lot of people, you know, people say, I'll have a wine, I'll have a wine, I'll have a wine. So you pour three wines or three white wines or something like that. Or three red, you know, depending on what they want. Or three beers, Modelo. 
and a lot of them download. They had Bud Light and stuff like that. They had a top shelf liquor. So, but I didn't have a beef with it because I'm not. I'm just getting my soda. But I'm like, I've always had this thing. This is me, and this is only me describing. I'm not saying I'm the only one that feels this way, but this is only my feeling. Is I just like to get the drink served, and you're out of there. And uh, sometimes I go, oh, well, going slow, you're hurting yourself because there's more people around. And the more people you get coming up to the bar, I said, hey, there's no one at the bar. And you get more people coming up and you get more tips. And they were, most of the people were in restaurant business. They were making a ton of money at this bartending thing. I mean, you had people giving 20s and 10s and 5s and 1s. And they just had this drawer where they take the, they were, keep on taking a tip jar every time it got filled up and dumping in there. I've worked parties where you could put up a tip jar and you might get like five, six dollars. Yes. Some people, culturally, some people don't have the uh, experience, cultural experience or uh, of tipping. But obviously in Quinceanera, they tip. I mean, they, that that job there for the bartenders, there were like three people, four people behind a bar. There was only one person really working. But they made enough for all of them to do really well. But I would have just kicked it up and on. And, it, you know, normally those bars get really backed up and stuff like that, especially 150, 100, 170 people. They didn't, they didn't, you know, they tequila shots and beer. That was it. Even though they had all this liquor, they had Jameson's and stuff like that. Just culturally, people behave differently at different parties. But uh, it, it was really juxtaposed. They had a bottle of Jameson's there, which, you know, at the Kinston era, I didn't think Jameson's would be a big thing, right? I think they got the Jameson's because maybe some of the you know Mexican people liked it. I don't know. Let's get on to the St. Patrick's Day. So St. Patrick's Day weekend. It's coming up on Thursday, St. Patrick's Day weekend. And what happens on St. Patrick's Day? People just go out and they don't have anything other to do. Wear green. Wear things that say, kiss me, I'm Irish. Of Irish heritage. Irish girl. Whatever. Irish guy. And drink uh, uh, Jameson's and Guinness. And beer, maybe some beer with green dye in it. Nothing to do with, and and post pictures of leprechauns, which leprechauns are more of a pagan symbol, kind of like a, a pagan fairy. When I say fairy, I'm not talking about lifestyle. I'm talking about you know, one one of these fictional creatures. And uh, so th- there's no consideration what who St. Patrick was. Anything cultural about Ireland, except some, maybe you might, you might get a couple little girls with awkward shoes on and ill-fitting dresses do a dance where they move their legs tremendously, you know, kind of like, they're stomping on something without moving their arms. 
and that's St. Patrick's Day. And they made some ham and cabbage. You know, and did something. Did I hate cabbage when I was growing up? But now, for some reason, I like it. I don't know. Corn, corn, beef, and cabbage. That's a that's a big thing. I mean, who goes out? Who's there? like Thursday? They're going to have corn, beef, and cabbage. I think Thursday. Yes, we'll have corn, beef, and cabbage. And for what god awful kind of special food to have that people go out of their way to get. It's amazing. Amazing. And and juxtapose to that the same I guess it's the same thing if you think about Saint Patrick's Day, how they separate it's um Cinco de Mayo. People say, well what's Saint Patrick well Saint Patrick is the patron saint of Ireland. And supposedly he brought uh, the Catholic Church or Christianity to Ireland. He was a, a, I think he was a kidnapped, if I do my research, it goes back, a kidnapped Roman citizen from the British Isles, from, from mainland Britain, brought to Ireland by the pagan Irish, at the Celts at the time. And he hung out there and converted a lot of them. They throw in a little thing about Maybe him driving on all the snakes, but there were no, really no snakes there in the beginning. They just—I guess that was a good thing. He drove up. The reason there's no snakes in Ireland because St. Patrick drove them all out. Well, why didn't they just say? Um, why didn't they make it like elephants? Where they got—they got rid of all the elephants and crocodiles in Ireland because it would make St. Patrick seem more badass. But driving all the snakes out. I mean, he could have one of those things you buy uh, at the special section of the the drugstore where they sell it as seen on TV. The high-pitched sonar that drives all the snakes out. It's not a thing, the snakes going into the ocean. That's his miracle. That's a very strange superpower. What's your superpower? My superpower is that snakes don't like me, which might be good for people that don't like snakes. That would be that would may, might be exciting. Might be exciting. So we've had that. We had that week in Quinceanero. Now we got to get ready for St. Patrick's Day. I don't like. I don't like the Irish car bomb uh, drink or pickleback. Pickleback. They take Jameson, an expensive Irish whiskey, if you consider, well, not expensive Irish whiskey, but say an Irish whiskey that's much more expensive than well liquor. At least here it runs anywhere from $8, $9, $10 a shot. And the pickleback is a um, just pickle juice. So people drink the the Jamesons and they shoot the pickle juice. People say, oh, I like Jamesons. I want a Jameson pickleback. I said, if you're drinking pickle juice after you drink a shot of Jamesons, pretty much you're saying you don't like Jamesons. You like Jamesons and pickle juice. And pickle juice is one is a very strong tasting thing. So if you if you have to throw something strong tasting, just like tequila, you have to suck on lime and salt after you shoot tequila. You don't really like tequila. You like tequila with lime and salt. I mean, people say, oh, you like it, but you have to have those other things. Well, if you like it, 
itself. You don't need to actually, you know, like Oreo cookies. I like Oreos and milk, but if you said, well, we don't have milk, I'd say, I'll still take the Oreo. But a lot of people won't drink the Jameson's if they don't get the pickle juice. And the car bound drink. Like you're taking the cultural appropriation of the worst thing in the Irish culture, the, the, uh, the troubles, which have been over for a while. And you're recreating it, saying take the worst aspect and we can call it an Irish car bomb. You get Guinness and you drop a, oh hell, I don't even concentrate on it. It's either Jameson's and, uh, and Bailey's. You drop into uh, your, your Guinness and supposedly that's a car bomb. Sounds like something to make you. It sounds like you're you're bombing your stomach actually, or you're bombing your rectum, because that's really going to have a bad effect to it. Okay, but you had my my feelings known about those drinks, and you know what? If you want to culturally celebrate some party, you know, it'd be nice to learn a little about the culture, and not just parrot the stupid stuff. The Shamrocks. The uh, the Shamrock was used by St. Patrick, actually. I know that one. Uh, you talk about four-leaf clovers being good luck and all that stuff because most clovers are three. Well, he took the Shamrock, supposedly, and he explained the Trinity using a Shamrock, which probably was one of the better explanations for it. He says, look, there's three leaves to a Shamrock, but it's one Shamrock. So that's the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. One entity is one God, but it has three leaves coming off. Oh, well, isn't that kind of like a multi-headed beast? <laughs> you know, don't want to piss you off, but there I said it. This past week, uh, I did mention uh, there was a, some interesting gentleman that came in and he was drinking. He was had his little backpack and he, every time he wanted a cigarette, he'd unpack his backpack on the bar, take out all his cigarettes and he'd take one cigarette out and a lighter and put everything back in his backpack, take his, he was drinking Guinness, take his drink and then go and smoke a cigarette and come back in and he drank three of them in about two hours. And he was the last person to leave. He was making a couple people uncomfortable. Not me, because I'm used to interesting people. I like to say interesting, not crazy. I, you know, I hate saying crazy, but I say it nonetheless because it's an easy way to describe something. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe I was a little hard on the guy. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. And don't you know, what's one of the things I do... Uh, I, don't have to answer this, but one of the things I do regularly is check our Monroe County Sheriff's Office uh, police blotter. And what they do is they show mugshots of people and, and the crimes they got arrested for. And don't you know, I always see people that I know, but rarely do I see people after I've first been acquainted to them, with them and then I see them. I saw this guy the same day, he got arrested about two hours later at another location, disturbing the peace. And he was very quiet. He may have been unique. He was watching. He was watching. He was using the Wi-Fi, and he had his headphone, little earpieces in, and 
and he was watching something on his cell phone. And that's all he was doing. Not interacting with anybody, just hanging out. He would have stayed there to 12 if we wanted to let him hang there with all of us waiting for him to finish the train. So he ended up getting arrested. And then I felt kind of bad. Saw the guy's picture and looking at him, he said, obviously, he had some other issues other than just watching his cell phone and listen to his... I mean, he may have went to another bar and refused to leave. I don't know. But that that didn't make me feel good. I hate to see a fulfilling forecast like that. I'm going to say, oh, this guy's kind of nutty. And then he gets like, arrested for doing something nutty. And that's not the first time here. I had a couple of years back, I had a guy in, get real pissed off after he ordered a long... Long Island iced tea. I gave him one. I don't know if I gave him two. The second one I didn't give him because he was getting loud and rude. And uh, he had a bike with a small trailer hooked up to it. When I say bike, I mean bicycle. With one of those trailers that you can hook up to a bicycle. And he uh, he was one of those people with questionable residence. Not residency status, but residence. I mean, he could have been homeless or... One of those guys, he ended up, after I had my interaction with him, he goes to another place and gets arrested. It gives me no joy to see these fulfilling prophecies. I do not want to see people get arrested. But I do notice that there are people, mentally ill people that are homeless. They're hanging out. And I hate having to enforce that because it is a business. Is, is a business and we can't just become a place where people congregate and drive away a regular business because that would be doing a disservice to people that own the business and the people I work with. And after a certain time, amount of time when someone's doing something really weird, I say, listen, you got to stop doing that. You know, perhaps maybe you should be changing your clothes a little. You, you don't smell too good. We do have a hose outside. I don't mean to be funny or sarcastic with that, meaning there there is places around here with water, free water. Maybe you should throw some water on yourself and stuff. I don't I don't like throwing someone, and I haven't, with someone being filthy. I have done it with people not wearing a shirt or shoes. And there are people down here that aren't homeless. There was a couple guys I know, at least two or three, who they didn't like wearing shoes. Yeah, they didn't like wearing shoes. And they would come in and I'd say, uh, people say, well, no, I'm not worried about getting comfy. And i say, well, no, people don't like, they don't want your bare feet on the floor. They don't want your bare feet. You got to put a shirt, you got to put shoes on. Now, a couple of them, you got to tell them with the shirt when they're not wearing a shirt. And it's mainly guys. Because so often you do girls have, do have uh, females taking their tops off. But guys, when they're coming with their shirt off and I say, listen, here's the rule of thumb. If there's no walls and a tiki roof and or you know, roof and there's no walls and there's no windows and stuff like that, down here in the keys, yeah, probably don't have to wear a shirt. Probably don't. If there's no, if you're up at Ocean Reef, you gotta wear a collared shirt. You're not walking around with your shirt off. But when you're when you're in a restaurant that has walls and a roof, you need a shirt. Yeah, 
there you go. There you go. And people say, well, Jim, you don't say that when a girl comes in with a bikini top. I said, well, she's wearing a bikini top. If a guy was wearing a bikini top, I'd let him wear the bikini top. Yeah? No double standards here. No, no double standards. Say, sir, you got to put a shirt on. Just one of those things. It's It's a, even though it's not a big deal, it's one of the things we're going to do. We're going to do right here. We're going to establish this rule. You got to wear the shoes and the shirt. Now, if you want to be a jailhouse lawyer and say, well, you just said shoes and shirts. You didn't say anything about pants. You know what? If you can't make the inference or the next logical conclusion that you need pants too, you don't need a further explanation. Get out of here. Get out, you know, without the pants. I haven't had to tell someone about that yet. I imagine, though, it happens at least a couple times in the Keys and other places. I mean, there isn't much, of, you know, I don't think unless, you know, if you're right next, that's got to be interesting. If you're right next to a nudist colony and there's no delineated, I imagine if there's no delineated thing to mark that, well, now you're off property at the nudist colony. So if you go into the convenience store, or what what would be a bad place to go naked? A glass figurine store. That would be a horror place to go naked. People say, Jim, why not naked? You don't have the extra clothes, you're not going to knock things out. But if you fall down in a glass figurine store, you have all sorts of places to get hurt then. You know, you need the extra clothes when you go there. Or the candle store. What else? Maybe a uh, a machinist shop. You don't want to go into that naked. There's all sorts of places you shouldn't go into naked. I mean, it's a couple of places you can go into naked, but it's, the list is a lot. You know, it's just it's for safety reasons and for hygiene. Actually, you're sitting on furniture. You know. Unless it's self-washing furniture, if it's outside, if on the boat, listen, I, I don't think I have to think about that too much. Longer. I'm going to wrap it up right now. Uh, I, I did post. I do post on the Ukraine. I'm not going to give it up as long as they're, as long as they're still fighting, and there's something to do for them. I want to do it. I know these people say, "Hey, listen, if you don't like it, go over and fight for them." You know, and there's a lot of people volunteering to do that. And who knows? I don't know what I would do if I didn't have a family or anything like that, but I certainly hope that I would be, if I was single and didn't have any uh, particular responsibility, that I would go over there and help because there is an international brigade of made up of foreigners that are fighting in the Ukraine. And they're fighting a lot harder, it seems, than the Russian conscripts. And uh, evidence by the Russians using a lot more missiles and artillery and tanks and their planes. They're not, they're, they're ground assault. They, they're doing fixed position and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to move their ground troops in. But I don't think, I don't think the Russians are going to get, uh, I think they burn out through a lot of their first rate equipment and their first rate troops. They're going they're, they're burning through those. And now 
uh, evidenced by a request to the Chinese from the Russians for support. For support. For support in their assault on Ukraine. Which is kind of like, I don't know, let's say some guy, and, and this is a hard metaphor to really make, but imagine that you have a friend and you're not aware that your friend was abusive towards his wife until the reports come out in the open that he's being abusive to his wife. And it turns out the wife's fighting back. And your friend would have to admit and say, listen, I'm not really doing well trying to dominate my wife. Could you help me out? And the rest of your friends find out that your friend asked you that. They look at you and say, you're not going to help him out, are you? Because what he's doing is wrong. And the person said, no, he didn't even ask me. And that's where the position the Chinese are in right now. They want to they support Putin, the other authoritarian in the world, the big world, you know, important authoritarian. You got Paint, whatever, Z, 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 Xi, Xi, President Xi of China supporting President Putin of Russia. But he can't do it openly because if they do it openly, they're going to get sanctions. The Chinese get sanctions. And Chinese are dependent on trade. To have trade. They probably thought, hey, maybe we can slip some of our older equipment. This is the way it looks like what they kind of do. They're not going to send top flight rush, um, Chinese equipment or hypersonic missiles or whatever over to uh, Russia. And as it turns out, it looks like Russia didn't update their armaments, so they're probably running low on their their first-rate material. And they're running out of food, running out of morale. So hopefully this time next week we'll start seeing some more uh, negotiations, perhaps a secession to the hostilities. What I do hope is that uh, Putin is not rewarded for this unprovoked aggression. And I'm tired of seeing uh, my fellow citizens and people I'm on friendly terms with parroting Russian propaganda on Facebook. And people say, why are you even involved in this? This is not your thing. Why not? Why not? Just stand by if someone decides to say, listen, I'm going to do this. And uh, you just stand stay out of this way. This is my problem. Well, if the person, if someone is is in the wrong, you're in your right just to support the offended party. And that's what the rest of the world is doing right now. And they'll see in the end, hopefully I won't have to do this any any longer. It's really not helping my numbers right now. It'd be really hard to try to do a show outside while I'm doing this. So, you know, if you really need to support, if you feel the same way I do, uh, please find one. There's uh, tons of groups out there. Just double check before you donate. 
that it is an official group. It's not some bogus bullshit one. There's a lot of communities, churches that are participating. If you're in a big city, there's uh, some of the big cities have a Ukrainian communities you can donate directly to, and they send care packages over there. So, uh, sending our best to, uh, to the Ukrainians. Hope they um, persevere. Uh, this is Jim the Keys bartender. I will talk to you. I guess. Well, we may not be doing a show tomorrow because I got to go up to Miami. No, probably do one afterwards. I'll talk to you later. Have a great day.